Wonderful hymn, wonderful truth, amen. If you have a Bible, would you please turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter number two. Ephesians chapter number two. It's been a good day today. Thank the Lord for his goodness to us. As always, I have a, a lot of scriptures in my message, but obviously we won't be able to look at them all, but I want to try to cover the four main points this morning that I hope and pray would be a, a help and a blessing uh, to us all. In Ephesians chapter 2, um, we're going to begin in verse number 1, Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 1. The Bible says this, and you, and by the way, he's speaking to the Ephesian believers, so he's speaking to saved people, and you hath he quickened. Yeah, we were dead, and thank God we've been quickened, we've been made alive, amen? That's when he came to us, he woke us up. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. We used to be. Those of us that are saved used to be stuck in the world. Uh, according to the prince of the power of the air, we, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, we, we used to be stuck under the dominating influence of the devil. This is before we were saved, amen? Verse number three, among whom also we all had our conversation, that's lifestyle, in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Before we got saved, we were stuck in the world. Before we got saved, we were stuck under the dominating influence of the devil. Before we got saved, we were stuck in the flesh. Amen. We're stuck with the flesh right now, even though we are saved. Amen. But we were stuck in the flesh uh, before we got saved. But I want you to note verse number four. The Bible says this, but God, but God. And then it says, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love where he loved us, but God. I want to just speak a little bit this morning on the thought of difference makers. Difference makers. I want to speak to you about four different difference makers. In fact, I had this thought of but God in my mind and in my heart for many years. And a couple years ago, I was here, I think it was, it was a missions conference I was in with Brother Jeff Coat or a revival. I think it was a missions conference because we were inside. And Brother Jeff Coat was preaching out of the book of Acts and when he read a text, a thought came to my mind from the text that coupled with this but God and then another thought came to my mind from another text and by the way, that's how messages are developed by the Spirit of God. As you have scriptures in your heart and in your mind, the Lord helps put them together. And this message was born sitting back there listening to a preacher preach, amen? And most of them are. But I'm gonna talk to you about difference makers uh, this morning and pray that God would help each and every one of us in all of these areas. 
Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word today. As we open the word, as we open the book, we need your spirit to open our hearts that we might understand these truths. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one, I want you to note this. God is a difference maker. Matter of fact, I hate to use that statement, a difference maker. Uh, in reality, he's the difference maker, but I have to keep it a difference maker because the other ones flow from that. God is a difference maker, amen? Right in this very text right here, we can say this, when it comes to salvation, God is the difference maker, amen? He is the difference maker, no doubt about it. But not only is God the difference maker when it comes to salvation, God is, a, is the difference maker when it comes to illumination, you say, what is illumination? That means opening our eyes to the truth and truths of the word of God, amen? The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9 and 10, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered in the heart of man. By the way, he's speaking about normal, natural, unsaved man. Unsaved men don't see and understand the truth and truths of the word of God. It doesn't come into their heart. He goes on to say, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but he goes on to say this, but God, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. You see, God is a difference maker when it comes to salvation. God is a difference maker when it comes to illumination. We need God to open our eyes to see and understand not only the scripture truth, but we need him to open our eyes and help us to understand whatever it is he wants us to understand. Jesus said to the disciples, in the book of Matthew, chapter number 16, he said, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elias or Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he said to, to them, who do you say that I am? And, and Peter, being the spokesman, said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and Jesus said, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. What does that mean? That means God opened his eyes to see and understand who Jesus really was, amen? And that is the essence of salvation. Upon this rock, this truth, I will build my church. And that's how people get saved, amen? I just want to say this, look at God has to be the one to open our eyes that we might see and understand the things he wants us to see and understand. I'm going to get sidetracked, I don't want to do this, but in the book of Exodus chapter number 15, the children of Israel got delivered from Egypt and they began to go through the wilderness and they were thirsty and they needed water and they came to water and they thought that they were gonna be able to drink it. It was mar, it was bitter, they couldn't drink it. And the people began to complain and let me tell you what Moses did. He didn't have the answers for the people. He prayed to God and he said, Lord! And he sought the Lord and here's what the Bible says. And God showed him a tree. God opened his eyes to see a tree and that tree was thrown in that water and that bitter water was made sweet because God showed him the answer. Sometimes the answer's right there. We just need God to open our eyes to see the answer. See, God is the difference maker when it comes to salvation. God is the difference maker when it comes to illumination. And let me give you another thought. God is the difference maker when it comes to ministration. I have to keep these words flowing. See, what is ministration? It's ministry. God is the difference maker when it comes to ministry. Let me say this about this thought. God chooses his servants. God chooses his servants. In 1 Corinthians chapter number one, verse number 26 and 27, Paul said this, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God 
hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and it goes on to say God hath chosen naught that he might do something. I'm just saying this, God is the one who chooses whom he wants to serve. And we all, by the way, have to be very careful that we let God have his way in this. When God told Samuel, grab your horn of oil and go down to the man named Jesse's house, one of his sons, I'm going to anoint to be king. The first son came in, Eliab, and he was big and strong and handsome. And immediately Samuel said, this has got to be the man. Look at him. And God said, no, he's not the man. You're looking on the outward. God looks on the heart. And you know what happened. They went through all of his sons and he said, where's the, where, you have anybody else? And he said, we only have David, but we didn't even think to bring him in. He wasn't even on the consideration here. And then God said, go get him. See, that was the young man with the heart for God, amen? See, God is the difference maker. He chooses whom he wants to serve. He makes the choice. And by the way, when you leave the choice to him, he always makes the best one. God is a difference maker when it comes to ministration. God chooses his servants, and not only that, God enables his servants. In the book of Zechariah, chapter number four, Zerubbabel was uh, uh, getting back to work after some opposition on the temple project was ceased, and, and God encouraged, uh, through Zechariah, encouraged Zerubbabel to get back to work, and he said this to Zechariah in chapter four, verse number six, not by might, not by human might, not by power, not by human power, but, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. See, what does that mean? That means this. You're not going to do the work of God and you're not going to accomplish the work of God in your own power and in your own strength. But God's spirit is going to give you what you need to do what God wants done. God chooses his servants and God enables his servants. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 12, Paul said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for he counted me faithful putting men in ministry. God is the one who enables his servants. He's the difference maker. He chooses and then he enables. And let me say this about ministration. God is the one who blesses his servants. He chooses them and enables them. Listen, he blesses them. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 6 and 7. Here's what Paul said. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. You see, God is the difference maker when it comes to salvation, when it comes to illumination, when it comes to ministration. What does that mean? That means we need God in it. If he's the difference maker, we need to make sure that he's here, amen? Because a difference is not gonna be made if he's not here. We, we, we don't need this one, that one, and the other one. We need the Lord, amen? More than we need anything. God is the difference maker. Listen, when it comes to direction, what do I do? God's the difference maker. Proverbs 16, 9, the Bible says, a man's heart deviseth his own way, but the Lord directeth his steps. We need God to make the difference when it comes to direction, when it comes to knowing exactly what to do and where to go and so on. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse number 24, man's goings are of the Lord. How then can a man understand his own way? Jeremiah 10, 23, O Lord, I know that thy way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. What does that mean? We need God for direction. We don't need a GPS. We need God, amen, when it comes to God's direction. 
you know, we do GPSs for the purpose of getting around trouble. Can I get a witness on that one? I do ways to get around trouble. What ways is an app? Anybody got the ways app? I do that to get around trouble. Most of the time I do. And to stay out of trouble as well. Let me tell you something about God's GPS system. Sometimes he takes you through the trouble because he's got a purpose through them troubles. I wouldn't want to go that way. I would say, Lord, you, you kidding me? This is jammed up. Why would I want to go that way? <laughs> he says, because it's not a matter of where you're going. It's a matter of where I'm taking you. Amen? God is the difference maker. When I think of this thought about God being the difference maker, when it comes to direction, I can't help but think about the life of Joseph. You know, Joseph had a dream. And in that dream, he was headed up. And all of a sudden, he went down. And the word of the Lord tried him. In fact, when it finally came around, everything was said and done. He said to his brothers, you sold me. But God sent me. See, you can throw me in whatever direction you want to throw me, enemies, devils, whoever you are. If God is direct, but thank God for redirections. I, I like when I hear, and all of a sudden it's redirecting all my, 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 my ways because it's taking me an easier route usually. The fact of the matter is, God directed Joseph where he needed to be. And God had a reason in directing Joseph where he needed. He, he was sold into slavery. Uh, you know what happened? He was thrown into prison. All the stop, by the way, somebody said the steps of the Lord are ordered by the Lord, so are the stops. And he was stopped here and he was stopped here. And the word of the Lord tried him because he had a vision, had a dream that God was taking him up. And it seemed like he was going down. God knows how to direct you to get you where he wants you to be. And by the time you get there, you're ready to love and forgive if need be, which he did to his brothers. Amen? I'm just saying, God is the difference maker when it comes to salvation, illumination, ministration, direction. God is a difference maker when it comes to provision. When it comes to provision. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. Amen? God is a difference maker. God is the difference maker when it comes to temptation. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 13. There hath not taken you, I'm sorry, there hath, not temp, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, amen, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the, uh, with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear. What does that mean? That means this, in the midst of our tempting and uh, temptations and trials and struggles and difficulties, God is the difference maker to keep us from falling and faltering, amen? Psalm 73, verse number 26, Asaph said, my flesh and my heart faileth me, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. It wasn't for God, some of us wouldn't be standing. Amen? It's only because of him that we stand. Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 118, verse number 13. Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me, but God. Amen? God is the difference maker when it comes to salvation, illumination, ministration, direction, provision. God is a difference maker when it comes to temptation. God is a difference maker when it comes to protection. Sometimes we don't know what God has protected us from. Amen. Sometimes we have absolutely no idea. There are times we're driving on the highway. 
something just happened and we think to ourselves, you know what, I planned on leaving a few minutes early. For some reason, I got caught up. That could have been me. Not that I'm happy that it's somebody else, but that is innate selfishness, isn't it? But the fact of the matter, we have no idea sometimes what God is protecting us from. Let me quote this for you. Genesis 31, 6 and 7. You remember when Jacob was leaving Laban with Rachel and Leah because he noticed that Laban had changed his attitude toward him. And here's what he said. And you know, Jacob speaking to his wives about their father. And you know that with all my power, I've served your father and your father have deceived me and changed my wages 10 times. But God suffered him not to hurt me. If you recall the story, you'll remember how Laban was mad and Laban was hot and Laban was on the trail of Jacob and God stopped Laban and said, you don't say anything good or bad to him. You don't touch him. We have no idea how God is protecting us. Amen? Let me tell you, he makes the difference. No doubt about it. Philippians chapter 2, Epaphroditus was sick, nigh unto death. Paul said this, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but on me also. See, God is the difference maker when it comes to protection. And let me say this, closing up this thought about but God. When it comes to restoration, restoration, God makes the difference. Listen to Hosea 13.9 as Hosea the prophet spoke to uh, Israel, the northern tribes that had gotten away from God and, and, and were ruining themselves. Here's what he said, Hosea 13.9. Oh, Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me... Is thine help? You've destroyed yourself, God said. But in me is your help. And the context go on to talk about God bringing restoration to them. Amen? Let me tell you something. If it wasn't for the Lord and his restoration, I wouldn't be here today. I think of Jeremiah 18. I think about what God told Jeremiah the prophet. He said, go down to the potter's house. And there will I speak to you. By the way, if he says go somewhere that he'll speak to you there, get there. Oh, I see you heard that already and you're here, good. Go down to the potter's house and there will I speak to you. And he went down, he looked in and he saw the potter and in his hand was a marred vessel, a cracked vessel, a crack pot, like some of us. And he saw the potter take it and remold it and remake it again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. And using that illustration, he said, this is Israel and, and, and I'm the potter and I can do the very same thing for that nation. I can restore them. I'm so glad that God is in the restoration business. A bruised reed will he not break and smoking flax he will not quench. He'll restore us and he'll revive us. That's what he does. That's what he did. I'm just saying to you this morning, God is a difference maker. I want you to turn to the book of Acts chapter number 12. Now, as you well know, I could have spent the whole time on that topic because there's so much, but I just wanted to touch on it. I want you to look at Acts chapter number 12, please. I've had people tell me, complain to me, many times when I got done preaching, most of the time it's preachers, they'll say, you had nine sermons in that one. And I'll say, yeah, and don't use any of them. Now she's, <laughs> that's the way I do it. It is what it is. God is a difference maker. I want you to look at Acts chapter number 12, beginning verse number one. The Bible says this, now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. 
By the way, notice he wasn't necessarily concerned about everybody in the church. Some of us don't give him any reason to be concerned. And he killed James, the brother of John, who with the sword, and because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread, and when he had apprehended him and put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Verse number five is the key. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer, but prayer, was made without ceasing of the church of, uh, unto God for him. Listen, prayer is a difference maker. I don't know if you notice we're going with the buts here, but God is a difference maker, but prayer is a difference maker. They, they, they got a hold of Peter. They put him in jail intending to kill him, but the church that was in the house of John Mark's mother was praying for Peter and, and prayer, 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 prayer. And if you read the rest of the story, God rescued Peter from being killed, delivered him from prison that night. Why? Prayer made the difference. Prayer made the difference. And prayer makes the difference. Amen? See, why is that? Because prayer connects you to God, the difference maker. Amen? No doubt about it. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Why? I saw the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. This poor man cried and the Lord delivered him from all of his trouble. I'm just saying prayer made the difference for that man. Psalm 40, verse number one, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, set my feet on a solid rock, established my going, put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. What happened? Prayer made a difference. That's not the testimony of an unsaved man talking about how he got out of that pit, although it could apply. That's a testimony of a man named David who was already a believer who was in some mess that God rescued him from. I'm just saying to you, Prayer made the difference because it connected him to God who makes the difference. Amen? Prayer still makes a difference, by the way. In Psalm 107, there are four times, four times in Psalm 107, it says, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And the reason those four times are there is because four times it said, and in their trouble they cried unto the Lord, and he saved them out of their distresses. What he's saying, every time they cried out in their trouble, in their mess, God rescued them. And every time God rescued them, the declaration was, praise the Lord for his wonderful works to the children of man. They sought God and he answered. I thank God we serve the living God. He's not dead. His ear's not heavy and his arm's not short and he can do something, amen? As long as we don't short circuit him. You know, in Acts 12, verse number five, it wasn't just simply prayer. I want you to notice something. It wasn't just simply prayer that made the difference. Look at verse five again. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made with, without ceasing. It was persistent prayer. Amen? First, first Thessalonians 5:19 or 5:17, pray without ceasing. It wasn't just crying out to God one time that made the difference. It was a constant crying out to God that made the difference. Amen?
and how often we are encouraged in the scriptures, Luke 18, one and on. He wrote that parable unto those who needed to learn how to pray about that widow and that unjust judge, and he wouldn't hear her, but by her continual coming, she got what she prayed for. Amen? The man who was, went to another friend at midnight to get food for others that had come to his house. And, and Jesus said, he's not going to get up and give you because you're his friend, but because of your importunity, your persistent urgency, your keep on knocking and keep on knocking, he's going to give you more than you need. What's the whole purpose of all of this? Jesus, keep knocking is what he said. Keep knocking. Don't quit. Amen? Men are always to pray and not to faint. Blind Bartimaeus couldn't see. But he heard a commotion and he wondered what was going on and they said, Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. Now obviously this man couldn't see but he heard a lot about Jesus obviously. He knew what Jesus did therefore he knew what Jesus could do. And he began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And people began to rebuke him and to tell him to shut up. Thank God he didn't. Here's what he did after being rebuked and told to shut up. He cried out, the more, Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. And you know what happened? Called him to him and he gave him his sight. I'm just saying, when you're crying out to God, the devil will whisper in your ear, why don't you just shut up? Why don't you just stop? When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth in the context of people praying and praying and praying and praying? Amen? Hebrews eleven six. Without faith it is impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Galatians 6, 9, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season you'll reap if you faint not. Amen? I'm just saying God makes the difference. Prayer makes a difference. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 20. Please, Jeremiah chapter 20. These are difference makers. We need God. Therefore, we need prayer. Amen? Because prayer is getting God in on it. Prayer is not getting our will done in heaven. It's getting God's will done on earth. These are difference makers, folks. We want to make sure we got, matter of fact, I heard you guys are calling for prayer meetings. That's the whole point. Say, so what are you doing? Say, so we need God in this thing. We need God's direction. We need him to open our eyes to see. We need God. What are you doing through prayer? We're saying, Lord, we don't know what to do. We need you, please. Help. Jeremiah chapter 20. I want you to look with me in verse number seven. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse number seven. The Bible says this in Jeremiah 20, verse number seven, O Lord, Thou hast deceived me. Jeremiah was called to preach to people who didn't want to hear. Tough ministry. He said, I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I and hast prevailed. He said, I am in derision daily and everyone mocketh me. Jeremiah was preaching to these people and they were mocking him, taking him lightly. Verse number eight. For since I spake, I cried out violence and spoil. He was preaching against their sin. 
He said, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and a derision daily, I was telling them your word and what you want me to preach and they're mocking me and they're persecuting me and they don't want to hear me. And Jeremiah said in verse number nine, then I said, I will not mention, make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. So what does that mean? That means Jeremiah quit. Jeremiah quit. He quit. That's what it says, right? But let's, let's read on, verse number nine. Now we're looking at buts, right? But God, but prayer. What's that say? But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shot up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. So what happened? God's word made the difference in that man's ministry. That man was in the ministry having a hard time. He threw in the towel. He quit. But God's word made the difference in his life and he couldn't stay in that defeated state. He had to get up and he had to go on for God. God's word in the heart makes the difference. Daniel 1.8. Where did Daniel purpose that he would not defile himself? In his heart. You see, why was that? That's where God's word was at. He was a man, young man filled with the word of God in Jerusalem. They took him away to Babylon. The word was still there. And the word of God is, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. God's word is a difference maker. It's God's word that saves us. It's God's word that sanctifies us. So what does that mean, sanctifies us? It's God's word that cleans us. Jesus said in John 15, 3, now are you clean through my word, which I've spoken unto you? God's word changes us. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word of God is what changes us. We are what we are, we are, we are, where we are, if we're anywhere for God, because God's word got a hold of our heart and it made the difference. Amen? It made the difference. When my flesh wanted to quit, when my flesh wanted to throw in the towel, God's word had too much of a hold in my heart and I couldn't even quit. There are times I wish I didn't know some things. Can I get a witness or am I the only sinner around here? I wish I didn't know that. Because when I know it, it bothers me if I don't do it. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. God's word saves us. God's word sanctifies. Listen, God's word suits us. So what do you mean suits us? It prepares us. It equips us to do what? To serve the Lord. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly divide in order of truth. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for root, for correction, for instruction, righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, fully equipped unto all good works. It's the word of God that does this. Paul said, I'm a vessel, an earthen vessel, but the treasure in me is the valuable, the word of God, amen? It suits us not only to be servants, it suits us to be soldiers. That's why Ephesians 6 says it's the armor of God. Every part of the armor of God has to do with the word of God. You gotta get suited up to be the, the soldier. No doubt about it. I write unto you, young men, because you are strong. The word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the wicked one. It's the book that suits us, amen? Jesus displayed that 
in the, in, in, in the wilderness, Jesus displayed that. When the devil tempted him, what did he use? He used the word of God to overcome. By the way, let me just say this. The devil knows that the word of God is a difference maker. And that's why he does everything he can to keep us from it or to keep it from us. When the sower goes forth to sow the seed, when it lands on an unbelieving heart, before that heart gives understanding to that, the devil immediately flies by and tries to pluck up the seed. He knows the power of the life-giving seed of the word of God. Got to get it from them. They'll get saved. And if you're saved, he says, got to distract them from it. This book can make a holy roller out of people. Amen. A Bible banger out of people. Amen. Knows what the book can do. He knows what the book can do. And it's not only bad things he'll use to get us from the book. It's good things. Like church growth. Acts 6. Grown by thousands. People start complaining. But thank God those apostles said, hey, hey, let's not get away from prayer and the word of God. Let's get somebody else to take care of that business while we maintain this business. Amen. But he got Martha. He got Martha. Martha, Martha, thou art cumbered about much serving. What are you doing, Martha? I'm preparing a meal for Jesus. So much so, I'm mad at my sister. I'm even mad at Jesus for allowing this to go on like this. There's able hands right there that are sitting at his feet, and I'm out here doing all of this. In fact, I'm going to, don't you care, Lord Jesus? Don't you care that she left me to serve alone? Tell her to get up and get away from you and help me. No, 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 no. Martha, Martha, I've got to call your name twice. You're so busy. You, you, you're just cumbered about many things. You're going overboard with this dinner. You're going overboard. Mary hath chosen the right part. And no, I'm not taking it away from her. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus hearing his word. You understand? Amen. I got to quit. Let me give you one more thought. Turn to Acts chapter number nine, if you would, please. Acts chapter, I'm, I'm saying God is a difference maker. Prayer is a difference maker. God's word is a difference maker. Think about it this way. God's a difference maker. Prayer connects us to him. His word connects him to us. So it's all got to do with him, right? God is a difference maker. Prayer is a difference maker. God's word is a difference maker. Acts chapter number nine. This here is where a couple years ago, this whole message came together when brother Jeff Coat was preaching from this text because I saw something. That's why it's important to follow along when somebody's preaching because you might not get what they're saying, but you might get what God's saying. You understand, right? Hey, God has no... God can interrupt a preacher to speak to you. He can, you, what, I'm going to say something to you while he's continuing to go, because this is where I'm getting you. And that was that day. Acts chapter 9, look at verse number 26 and 27. He read this text, and I finally saw it. Verse number 26, and when Saul, he had gotten saved, you remember, earlier in the chapter. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed or he tried to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. Verse 27. What's the next two words? But Barnabas. But Barnabas. 
There's a difference maker right there. So we got on this one. God's people can be difference makers. Now, I didn't say God's people are difference makers, and that's a sad thing. But I say this, God's people can be difference makers. So what does that mean? That means this, Paul the Apostle was a bad man who got saved. And he tried to join to all the other, uh, other uh, apostles and disciples and, yeah, I want to No, no, we have nothing to do with this guy here. But Barnabas, here's a man. What, what, what kind of difference did this man make? He took him. He took him. And from the time Barnabas took him, Saul became Paul and Paul took off. Paul, he, Barnabas was the man, but eventually Saul, Paul became the man. That didn't matter. Barnabas was a man who made a difference in a man's life, who made a difference in your life and my life and many others. Amen? Barnabas is a great example of a difference maker. In Acts 4, 36 and 37, we see how that he helped the church by giving funds. At that time, they were in need and everybody was helping out. He sold land and he gave to the apostles. In Acts chapter 11, verses 22 to 24, we see how that he helped new converts by giving them good advice. People started getting saved when they heard about it in Jerusalem. Guess what they did? They sent Barnabas. Why? He's the kind of guy that's a difference maker. Send him. And he went down there to these new converts and he was excited and he said, hey, with purpose of heart, cleave unto the Lord. Amen? He was encouraging them new believers. In Acts 9, right in this text, listen, we see him, how he helped Saul by giving him a chance. He helped Saul by giving him a chance when the others would not. But I want you to note something else. In Acts 15, we're not going to go there for the sake of time. In Acts 15, 36 to 41, listen, we see how that he helped John Mark by giving him another, another chance. You know what happened there, right? Paul and, 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 and Barnabas went on their first missionary journey, and they were getting ready to start their second missionary journey. So let's, Paul said, let's go back and see how the churches are doing. And Barnabas said, great, I'll get John Mark, let's go. Paul said, no can do. I'm not taking that man with us. He left us. They don't explain why he left. We know one thing. He left to such a degree that Paul wasn't too happy with him. No, I'm not taking him. And you know what happened. He wound up taking Silas. But what happened? Barnabas took John Mark. Now I know John Mark was his nephew. But that didn't matter. Saul wasn't nothing to him. He was just that kind of guy. He would take people that maybe others didn't want because he was a difference maker. You say, well, did he make any difference when he took John Mark? You tell me. Do you have a book of Mark in your Bible? He made a difference. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 11, Paul said this. Hey, bring John Mark. He's profitable to me for the ministry. Well, how did he get profitable? Somebody took him and helped him and made a difference in his life. And because of that, we're all blessed. You know what's ironic? Get this. The book of Mark paints the picture of Jesus, get this, as the ox. And you know what that is? Servant. Hold on a minute. You mean to tell me 
God took John Mark, a failure at one point as a servant, to paint the picture of the most perfect servant. Well, that ought to be a shot down for every other servant. Can I get a witness? What I'm saying is this. Somebody made a difference in his life, but he made a difference in so many others' lives. Here's the question, and I'll close up with these thoughts. What made Barnabas a difference maker? What made Barnabas a difference maker? You decide. Here's two verses that talk about him very clearly. Acts 4.36. And Joseph, that was his name before it was changed. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas. They gave him that name. Which being interpreted is the son of consolation. The son of consolation. The son of exhorting. The son of encouraging. The son of strengthening. By the way, the word comfort comes from the word comforter, comes from the Holy Spirit, paraclete, one who comes alongside to help. Think about that. Here's another verse about him. Acts eleven twenty four. for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost. You say, say what, 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 what made Barnabas a difference maker? I just said it, he was full of the Holy Ghost. You see, if it was up to me, I would have probably did the same thing and said, this Paul character, I don't trust him. Personally, in my flesh. But you've got to overcome your flesh and come over to the Spirit and let him do what he wants to do in your life and through your life. Barnabas was a man who was Spirit-filled. By the way, when you consider it being Spirit-filled, what's the first aspect of the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is love, right? Is that correct? Jude 22, what does that say? And of some have compassion. Compassion, making what? Love makes a difference. Love makes a difference. This man loved the worst. Loved failures. To the point he would give them another chance and try to help them, amen? Let, let, let me say this. In Luke 10, 25 to 37, we have a story about a man who left Jerusalem to go down to Jericho. He got beat up by thieves. They stripped him. They left him half dead. And there came by a priest who you'd think would make a difference. And when he saw, he went on the other side and walked by. Then a Levite came, another religious man who, when he saw, he went over and he walked by. And then here's what verse 33 says. Now get this, ready? Here, this is a crazy thing. I didn't realize this until I was preaching at one time. Here's what it says in verse 33. But... We're talking about this spot, right? But a certain Samaritan came by. And when he saw him, here's what the Bible said. He had compassion on him. See, what made the difference? All three saw him, only one loved him. Love made the difference. Love gave up its own wine, its own oil, its own beast to walk. Love paid the price at the end, was willing to pay more at the end. I'm just saying... If I would be more filled with the Spirit and more dead to myself, I guarantee you I'd be a difference maker. We don't need to be in leadership to make a difference. We need to be under leadership to make a difference, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? God is a difference maker. Prayer is a difference maker. God's Word is a difference maker. Are we difference makers? Would you bow with me for prayer? Father, thank you for your precious Word this morning. Thank you for the challenge from your word to all our hearts. I'm so glad you are a difference maker. You've made the difference in my life. Prayer has made a difference in my life, no doubt about it. The prayers of others for me in my own prayers. 
Your word has made a difference in my life, not only my personal study, but my hearing it taught and preached by others. Lord, I want to be like Barnabas. I want to be a difference maker. And if that's going to be the case, I'm going to have to be like Barnabas. I'll be spirit-filled. My flesh would make a difference, but that would be a negative difference. Your spirit would make a difference through me if I would only let you have your will and let you have your way. You want to love some people that I don't want you to love through me. You want to help people that I don't want you to help through me. And if I stay in the way, differences won't be made. God, forgive me. And God, help me to die daily and crucify myself to let you live in and through my life because you'll surely make a difference in the lives of the lost around me. You'll make a difference in the lives of the Lord's people around me if I but get out of the way and let you have your will and your way. Bless the preacher as he comes to lead the rest of this invitation, I pray thee. In Jesus' name, amen.